Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renter insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. I'm sure by now you've all heard that the stock market has gone absolutely crazy. And a lot of people have made a lot of money and a lot of people have lost a lot of money. But unfortunately, one of the byproducts was interest rates started to creep up. You see, typically we see the Dow Jones work directly inversely with the 10 year bond. So if the stocks are having a great day, well, it might mean that the 10 year bond is not. And when that happens, it means interest rates start to creep up. So we did get a few worsen notices over the last week, and that should serve as a reminder to you. If you've been on the fence about refinancing, now is the time we've identified the floor. Rates aren't going to get any lower than they are right now. There's only one place for them to go, and that's up. Hurry, before it's too late, to save with Conrad.com. Now, you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket, but if you're in a 30-year loan, you're going to be able to pay your house off in half the time with roughly the same monthly payment. Just check out Mario from California. He says everything that Conrad says on his podcast about First Family Mortgage is true. The whole process was simple and easy. Jimmy was easy to work with. Not only was he able to knock 10 years off of my loan, my interest rate went from 4.25 to 2.62. Thank you to Conrad and his team. You made this veteran very happy. I'll definitely be recommending First Family Mortgage to my friends and family. What are you waiting for? We've got five-star reviews one after another from families just like yours who either A, needed to knock out some credit card debt and lower their monthly payment by five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month, or folks who were in a 30-year loan and didn't think they could afford a 15-year loan. But now they're paying their house off in half the time, and they're doing it with roughly the same monthly payment. These rates won't last forever. And I want to make sure your debt doesn't last forever. Get a quick quote right now. We're licensed in more than 40 states. It truly is fast and easy at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? If you haven't already made your February payment, you won't have to make your February or your March payment. You're done until April. Find out how easy it is right now for free with a quick quote at savewithconrad.com. Steven's brand new deep navy blue and sparkling 24 karat gold dip twinkle twinkle roses here. But time is already running out because the brand new color sells out each year. Don't miss out. Imagine on Valentine's Day when she opens this really cool gift box and outslides a blue rose trimmed in gold. You know, blue, the color of the sky just before the sun sets, and you can start to see all the stars sparkling in the night sky. It's breathtaking. Go now to see this real 24 karat gold rose deeply dipped in real pure 24 karat gold with petals in this unique and dazzling blue color that mimics the stars in the sky. Exclusively available at Steven Singer Jewelers. Real jewelers, real roses, really dipped in pure 24 karat gold with a real lifetime guarantee. It's always the number one Valentine's Day gift that lasts forever. It comes with your own free personal love note and ships fast and free to the real love of your life, your wife, your daughter, your sweetheart, and say, I'm lucky to have you in my life. Check out the entire collection of Stephen's famous roses. Roses started only $59. 
go right now to IHateStevenSinger.com. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. It's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Arn. And of course, we couldn't do it without the master of ceremonies, the founder of the Four Horsemen, the enforcer himself, Double A, Arn Anderson. Arn, how are you, man? I'm doing fine. Much, much, much uh, wishes for everybody out there that they're staying healthy and safe. And hope everybody is uh, doing all the right things. I know I update it and harp on it all the, all the time, but come on, folks, wear the mask, do the distancing, do all the right things, get vaccinated as soon as you possibly can. Let's, let's get around this corner. Today's episode of Arn is all about Fast Lane 2016. Went down on February 21st, 2016 at the Quicken Loans Arena right there in Cleveland, Ohio. Big crowd, a near legitimate sellout here, 14,000. 446 fans there. It's the second ever fast lane event. Uh, this is the final fast lane before the company attempts another brand split. It's going to turn into a raw pay-per-view the following year. The poster of the show features our main event, Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns, and Brock Lesnar. And, uh, they're all waving the checkered flag in front of, uh, Eva Marie fast lane, I guess in, in naming this, we're trying to set the tone. We're on the fast lane of WrestleMania after Royal rumble. Everybody's ready for WrestleMania season, right? Arn? Yeah. And, uh, that's exactly what they're admitting. I think if you think about it, there wasn't much time between the rumble and WrestleMania, right? Probably not enough. Uh, it always felt like after the rumble WrestleMania was, you know, main event was set. You were pretty much. Now in a position where, okay, we got our main event. Now let's start filling in the blanks around it. But when you had to immediately build to Fastlane, as soon as Fastlane was over, then you had a rushed uh, build to WrestleMania. I just felt like that was one pay-per-view that was just jammed in there that we could have done without. Let's, um, let's mention too, this is the worst buy rate in pay-per-view history. But of course that's because everything's on the WWE network. We had 43, 43,000 rather traditional pay-per-view buys, 18,000 of those are domestic 25,000 are international, but most everybody listening to this probably watched on the WWE network. One of the biggest stories around this time though, was an incident on raw that included the Daniel Bryan retirement as Vince McMahon was walking to the back. Titus O'Neil playfully grabbed him by the arm as if to say ladies first Vince shoves him, which was seen on camera, but it just looked like a playful moment between two friends, but perhaps the timing wasn't right. And it certainly wasn't in the eyes of management. And apparently Vince was upset with this. And according to the rumor and innuendo, Titus was sent home from Tuesday night's tapings of SmackDown and was suspended for unprofessional conduct. The suspension was for 60 days. And that means no WrestleMania payday, but reportedly it was almost much worse. Vince apparently had to be talked out of firing Titus O'Neil for this. 
And I remind you, Titus O'Neill has been a brand ambassador for the company. And for what it's worth, this is black history month. The situation pissed off one of Titus O'Neill's friends and Dave Batista. He said that Vince McMahon and Titus should have been able to have a man-to-man conversation, not a suspension and a fine. And that that fine aspect is worsened by taking WrestleMania away from him. Batista also said that Titus should just quit because he didn't need to be there. He said, Titus is an educated and talented guy who can make more money doing other things. And he's only there because he loves it. This was a big story at the time you were there. What was your take behind the scenes? Excuse me. I tell you what I think happened. Daniel Bryan is beloved Mm -hmm. by pretty much everybody that loves him. Everybody that knows him. Uh, He is just one of those guys that endears himself to you as being a legitimate guy. And I don't know anybody that doesn't respect and speak highly of Daniel Bryan. I think the timing of him legitimately having to retire because of health issues was a, because you saw how it affected him backstage and you saw how it affected the other talent who really cared about the guy. And I think it being such a somber, real moment that any other day it might not have been as bad, but when Titus grabbed Vince by the wrist as he was starting to exit, it caught him off guard, and he almost fell down. And I think that embarrassed him. Probably it embarrassed him more than anyone else looked at it and went looked at it as you know, it being a comedic moment or something, but you just don't. I think in Vince's mind, it made him look bad because he almost fell. And it pissed him off right away. And uh, I think it probably in his mind, that was, a, that was a big moment and one of the talent's careers, you know, because Daniel was retired. And I, I'm thinking he just think, he probably thought to himself, this was just not a time to be goofing and it got out of control like really quick and flamed up really quick. I don't think there was any ill tension. I just don't think that uh, Titus was, was thinking properly when he did it. That's the only thing I can figure out sorting through the facts. Let's talk about another big story that happens at the time. Shane McMahon is coming back with the company and Meltzer would write, Until the day of the show, very few people were aware Shane McMahon was returning. The deal between Vince and Shane was legitimately struck about four weeks ago when Vince believed the original plan of Cena versus Undertaker wasn't going to happen. There have been a ton of key injuries in the past year, including Seth Rollins when he was the only heel getting any kind of focus, as well as the company favorite Randy Orton. But it's been said that when Cena went down, Vince was devastated because he had his heart set on legend versus legend to carry the big show. This led him to going way outside of the box for a deal of, for a deal amidst criticism that this WrestleMania was going to have the weakest lineup and least interest in year, uh, years. The reality is while the show would not have had the special thing to create record interest, WrestleMania as a brand name is so big, almost like a super bowl or final four, it would end significantly 
or it would significantly increase network subscriptions. Sorry guys. Wearing my glasses today. Either way though, he's back now. He hit the panic button and Shane is back. Would you have guessed that Shane was going to show up in 2016? It caught a lot of people off guard. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a surprise. Um, Everybody had thought that Shane had moved on and um, was involved with some overseas stuff. Uh, It's always a pleasure to see Shane. I always liked Shane. I always got along with Shane. Uh, Matter of fact, as a trivia note, Tully and I had Shane's first match when they were having him referee some matches Mm. just so that he learned the business top to bottom. We had his first match as a referee. So there's a little trivia there. Um, Number one, WrestleMania will never, you know, be sold. That show will never be sold on one match. It's just just won't. One match will not draw a house these days. It's hard to draw a house in a live event with just a single main event and nothing underneath it. You have to have, you know, WrestleMania has to have seven or eight matches that have value in, in order to sell that show because people are coming from around the world to see it. And, uh, you know, when you sell 100,000 tickets, let's just say that's you know, that's not based on one match. There's a lot of interest in a lot of matches. And, you know, Shane walking back in the door immediately had star power. He had a following, I think, from from day one. He's a McMahon. And, uh, you know, every time Stephanie would step into a role or, or Shane would step into a role or Vess would step into a role, it immediately got more important. Uh when they were on the show as performers and characters. And I think Shane walking back in the door, big plus. A little note from the observer about autograph signings, uh, really caught me off guard. He says a note on WWE talent when it comes to autograph signings is that they are not allowed to do signings. If there's a ring up for third parties, or at least that's the general rule. For instance, Shawn Michaels, who comes at a very high price, can still sign in conjunction with an indie show, but he can't be there once the ring is put up or be there when the show takes place. I'm fascinated by this. You were doing signings at this time. Was this a, a real rule? I never heard that. Seems weird. I don't think WWE contract talent were allowed to do anything right. unless WWE booked them and booked it. And it was never be in a independent show setting. I, I can't imagine that. Don't think that's a real thing. Let's get to the show itself. Fast lane 2016. It was a mixed bag, man. It only got 50.7% thumbs up in the observer from the readers. There 24.9% gave it a thumbs down and 24.4% gave it thumbs in the middle. Um, you watched this show for the first time in five years. what do you think? Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. Well, I just think, like I said earlier, it's just we were jamming stuff together, you know, trying to get a button, trying to get a number, trying to get, you know, buy rate. And uh, it just always felt like to me it was just crammed in there. I just am not a fan. If you've got a big show, I love that one pay-per-view every four months and, man, build it huge. And if you totaled up the numbers of those four shows back when business was really popping, things were doing right. And then you told up, you know, those years where we had, let's just say we had 14 pay-per-views. 
times. And I'm sure, you know, some years we did. And you total up the, the same two numbers. They probably weren't that far apart. And just imagine all the the expenses that you put into the, all those extra pay-per-views and all the sets of trans and all the plane tickets and all the, the hotel rooms and all those things that you were paying for that were added expense, you know, it just seemed like to me you were just, that's one pay-per-view once you had the rumble. Fast lane could have easily went away and it wouldn't have pissed anybody off. Let's talk about the first match here. We've got Kalisto winning a two out of three falls match from Alberto de Rio in 15 minutes and 14 seconds. So Kalisto retains his U S title. It gets three and a quarter stars. Listen, I love the idea of starting any pay-per-view with Kalisto. Uh, that's going to guarantee a hot start to your show, but two out of three falls. I don't know that I would have thought that would have opened a show, but I really dug this. Uh, I know Del Rio has been a controversial figure, but I, I thought this was a good match here. What'd you think? Well, Alberto could work that style and he was bigger and he was the heel. You know, all the things were in place. You had the champion baby face, which was Kalisto and people did like him. I think starting a show with two out of three falls, that feels like to me a bit much, um, that would have probably been served a little later in the card, maybe third on the card, something like that. Um, I always like opening up a, a big show with, with a couple of stars, good solid 12 minutes. So it's not too long, but it's, uh, it's long enough for you to sink your teeth into it. And, uh, you know, two out of three falls might not fit right there, but as far as, the two guys working together, they could work that Mexican style, which would, you know, had a certain appeal. It's like the European style. I love that stuff. But it was a very exciting way to flip flop and fly and get the audience off the butt. The next match is all about the women's revolution. We've got Becky Lynch teaming with Sasha Banks to take on Tamina and Naomi. Uh, Becky and Sasha get the win in nine minutes and 41 seconds. The storyline here is Lynch and Banks are sort of teasing that they're not getting along. Uh, Meltzer would say some of the stuff was sloppy and he gave it two and a half stars. Ultimately, Lynch uses the disarmor on Naomi and Banks uses the bank statement on Tamina. It's a double submission. You know, still the coming out party for Becky Lynch and, and Sasha showing what she can do. Um, I feel a little bad for Naomi here. I think sometimes she gets overlooked in this women's revolution. And you and I haven't ever really spent any time talking about Tamina. What did you think of the match, and, and what can you tell us about Tamina? Well, I mean, Tamina is uh, very physical, and she is a very solid performer. Uh, I think she needed more ring time. Naomi went through some spurts of time when she really improved. I would, uh, you know, I don't know if I was being the other town or whatever, but there would be a couple of two or three week periods that maybe I, I hadn't seen Naomi and the improvement she was making, but she went through some really, you know, really good learning curves during this time. But still, you got to look at uh, uh, Becky and Sasha, and they were two of the ones that 
you know, to this day are just very special. They belong. They always belonged in this business. And I think it was just a question of, of uh, the other two were a more polished team. They were used to working together more. I think Naomi was still green. And I think uh, Tamina, who, who could be very, very physical, was still green too. And it was just a difference in the amount of experience that the two teams had. That's what you saw during this match. If you're a business owner, you don't need me to tell you that running a business is tough, but you might be making it harder on yourself than is actually necessary. Don't let QuickBooks and spreadsheets slow you down anymore. It's time to upgrade to NetSuite. Stop paying for multiple systems that don't give you the information you need when you need it. Ditch the spreadsheets and the old software you've no doubt outgrown. Now is the time to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Everything you need all in one place instantaneously. Whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in revenue, save both time and money with NetSuite. Join over 24,000 companies using NetSuite right now. Let NetSuite show you how they'll benefit your business with a free product tour at netsuite.com forward slash ARN. Schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com forward slash ARN. That's netsuite.com forward slash ARN. The, The next match is for the Intercontinental Championship. It's Kevin Owens and Dolph Ziggler, two of our favorites here on the show. Kevin Owens is going to retain in 15 minutes and 10 seconds. Meltzer would say Ziggler braided his, uh, his hair to look like Uriah Faber in a fight. The crowd was real hot for this. Ziggler is from Cleveland, but they're hot for Owens. Owens made constant smart ass comments during the match, including telling Ziggler that he was more popular than Ziggler, even in his hometown. Ziggler took a really hard whip into the turnbuckles. Owens is going to use a fisherman buster off the middle rope for a near fall. Both use some super kicks back and forth and the finish saw Ziggler miss a super kick and Owens get the win with a power bomb three and a quarter stars. I love these two performers. I don't think Dolph's even capable of having a bad match. I think people sometimes sleep on Kevin Owens as a talent, but I thought this was fantastic and the crowd really made it for me. what do you think? Yeah, I mean, the crowd was great. 14,000 people in Cleveland, that's damn good. Uh, That's a lot of folks. Uh, Dolph Ziggler has, to my knowledge, ever, never had a bad match. And uh, probably to this day has not had a bad match. I do think that this was a period where Kevin Dunn, or another guy, let's clean that up. Sure. Where Kevin Owens had not been pulled up that long to the main roster. Had he, do you know, from your memory banks there, Conrad? Yeah, he came up in 2015. So the year prior, so he's here, I don't know, about a year now. Okay. And and I said from day one, when he debuted against Cena, you know, he should have won that match and he should have been used as a baby face because from day one, and I'm sure through this, this match, People were, they just like Kevin Owens. Yes, they do. Oh, he did some crazy stuff and he did. 
and he did some stuff that he probably shouldn't have been able to do. He's the the bumblebee of the business, you know. Bumblebees should not be as be able to fly as fast as they do and maneuver as good as they do. Uh, but he does, and he pulls off some unique stuff. He's very creative, and he was regarded in my mind. What I saw every night is no matter what you did with him, he was babyface. And Dolph, that being his hometown, and all those things kind of worked against each other a little bit if you look at it from from that slant. But still, our audience are going to like who they like and cheer for who they want to cheer for. Doesn't matter whose hometown it is. Doesn't matter who the good guys perceived to be and who the bad guy is. And I'm sure, which mattered more than anything, is they gave the audience a solid, big-time, uh, entertaining match. And... Uh, uh, the champion won that night. So I don't think there were any mistakes made during that match. Next up a six man tag and boy, you want to talk about a cast of characters. Check this out on one side. It's big show teaming with Kane and Ryback, a lot of beef and across the ring, Luke Harper, Eric Rowan and Braun Strowman. They go 10 and a half minutes. Meltzer would say the match was better than expected. And he would write JBL compared Strowman to Bill Kazmaier and Jeep Swenson. I can see the Swenson comparison, but it's not flattering because Kazmaier and Swenson were two of the worst pro wrestlers ever. Then again, the finish saw show throw Strowman out of the ring and then pick Harper up and throw him over the top rope onto Rowan and Strowman show gave Strowman a great spear on the floor while in the ring, Ryback pinned Harper after the shell shock three stars. Man, I'm kind of legitimately shocked when this happened at the time that the Wyatt family lost. Obviously, Ryback was super hot a few years prior to this, I guess back in 2012. But it just felt like they were setting this up for sure. The Wyatt family is going to win, but it doesn't happen. What did you think of the match? And were you surprised the Wyatts didn't go over? My God, that was a lot of beef, huh? Yeah, it's a, a lot of dude in there. You were running down those names that floored me. Yeah, I don't think, you know, as long as it was done properly and each guy was featured properly during that match, I don't think there was a mistake as far as who won. Because, I mean, there's no runs in the bunch. That's for sure. And, you know, to his credit, Braun Strowman is a guy that got better and better and better. You know, as he went along, he had some matches, you know, single matches with Roman Reigns that were just incredible. And uh, he, had, he had aptitude for this business. He was not just a big guy that, you know, uh, was just a big guy that was a former weightlifter or whatever. He had some aptitude for this business. Uh, big Show was always a guy that, you know, he was a, he was a real giant and uh you know, when he came in healthy, he would give you some stuff that you couldn't believe a guy his size could do. And I've always been a big fan and a friend of big shows. And, I'm, you know, he had, a, he had a great career. I don't think people appreciated a guy that size and the things he did for other talent to get him over. Um, you know, Ryback certainly is no small guy. Uh, Rowan. Big Red, we called him, and Buddy, he was frightening. He made me nervous just being in the room with him. Uh, 
And then, of course, there's Brody Lee, my buddy. Brother, if he was in a match, something good was going to happen every single time, and it didn't matter who else was in the match. He was just that good. So you had a you had a nice cast of characters, but they all kind of had the same gimmick, same strongman gimmick. So, you know, it was probably one of those big guy matches, and uh, apparently it went okay. It was certainly a lot of them to be in one match. It's usually better where you have a monster and then a, a mere mortal. So you have that uh, conflict and you have that difference in gimmick. I think, you know, I'm just sitting here, you know, running those names back through my head. That might have been the damnedest conglomeration of, of monsters ever in a match. Yeah. It's pretty remarkable when you think about that. Uh, how much talent is here? Of course, uh, red beard, I, I believe is still, uh, working some independent shots here and there. Braun Strowman's on the top of the mountain with WWE, uh, big shows enjoyed some success, even on Netflix and making the occasional appearance. Kane's the freaking mayor. Unfortunately, we lost uh, Luke Harper and Ryback seems like he's training for a comeback. He got himself, uh, in a little bit of a dispute recently with Mark Henry. Where do you stand on Ryback? I mean, he's a guy who was riddled with injuries, took some time off. Now he's rehabbing his body to come back. What do you think we'll, we'll see from him in the future? Well, you know, I always, I have an opinion about people, the way they treat me. Yes. You know, and it doesn't matter what they've done, unless it's some crime against nature or children or women or something that's unforgivable. You know, it's like, uh, I always had, no issues and a great working relationship with Ryback. And there were a lot of things that I would pull him aside and explain to him in advance, you know, my feeling about what they were going to do with him. Now, let me say this. There was a point when, when the feed me more stuff started right away and they first started pushing him. He got, he got over pretty good. Yeah. You know, he was pretty hot at one time and, Again, here's that line. They cut his water off, and mm-hmm. I don't know why. But it was so sudden, and it was such a such a turn. It just makes you wonder, you know, there was a conversation somewhere that I wasn't privy to. Somewhere he picked up some heat with the wrong guy. That's the only thing I can figure happened because the guy was selling merch. Looked yes, like a million dollars. You know, he was getting over which is what you want. And he had that, that look that Vince loves. So that I couldn't figure out what the negatives were, but I never had an issue with him working on matches or anything. Uh, he was always very, very easy to work with. Uh, don't know about his arguments lately. I don't try to get involved too deeply in what I read and believing, you know, about half of what I hear, maybe not even that, you know, it's just, Sorry to hear that because I like both guys, but if he's getting himself ready back for another run, we'll see how that goes. It's going to be interesting because, uh, I think he's, uh, he's got people fired up on social media and, uh, that's part of the trick here is you got to make people love or hate you and we'll see what's next for him. Maybe he's smarter than we all think, right? Well, I mean, I haven't talked to him, but it does feel like if you're trying to make a big splash and you're healthy and you've been following a social media post. It certainly looks like he's ready for prime time and 
Now all of a sudden there's a controversy. It's like, okay, well, let's see what happens. Uh, let's talk about the next match here. This is the last divas title match on pay-per-view. Of course, they're going to uh, award the winner at WrestleMania, the new women's championship. I guess technically the divas title is on the line at WrestleMania. You know what I'm talking about though. Here we go. It's Charlotte and Brie Bella. They get plenty of time here. 12 minutes and 26 seconds. At one point, Brie Bella is going to mock Charlotte, uh, by doing the strut. Uh, there's a funny story there as when Reed flair was in high school, he lost a match and the kid who beat him did the strut Reed then attacked the kid. And there was a big time scene. Charlotte was cut on her nose. She put Bella in a triangle and kept slamming her on the mat. Bree did the Nikki Bella forearm for a near fall. The finish saw Bree hit the missile drop kick and she started selling her left leg. She used Daniel Bryan kicks and it should be noted. She was wearing the furry stuff that Brian wore on his boots and the crowd was super into that last few minutes. Although it was rough early, Charlotte tried to figure four, but Bella reversed it into the yes lock turned it into a half crab. The crowd was at this point, the hottest it had been the entire show. The story is that because of her earlier leg injury, she couldn't put all the pressure on the half crab. Charlotte kicks out and Bella's neck gets caught on the ropes. Charlotte then uses the figure eight for the submission two and three quarter stars. Pretty remarkable that the biggest reaction at this point is the ladies. And it shows you that the fans really are ready for this women's revolution. We just talked about how hot they were for Kevin Owens and Dolph Ziggler, but Meltzer thought they were even hotter for this. You and I have gushed over Nikki Bella here on the show about how she was underrated and a great in-ring performer, but now we're seeing her sister Bree in there. what did you think of this match with Charlotte and Bree and how hot the crowd was for it? Well, you know, Bree was, was good hand too. You know, I think those girls were underrated. I really do. Um, and I think the fact that, you know, Bree doing some of Daniel's moves, would endear her to the crowd, which helped. I think Charlotte was was percolating and getting a little better each time, each outing. And uh, again, she's a natural. Uh, I think the main thing is they probably took their time and told a great story with everything they were doing. They didn't rush anything, and they had enough time to tell that story. Uh, and if you, if you go back, even though there were some, some really good female performers, now the business had started to evolve. It truly was a difference in the diva push of the girls and the women's division. It was two different things. And we were starting to see that come together. And, uh, they had a good clean vision, uh, finish, you know, well, with a good clean story. And uh, I just think it was starting to to really, really percolate. And you saw what was to come. And it's just continued to get better on a performance level with with the women. But I think that was a turning point. Really good match, especially for the crowd heat. I want to mention uh, Stupid Ass Stan, our producer here on the show, uh, has told me that uh, it turns out, no, no. Uh, the, the title was on the line at roadblock too. Whew, a lot of pay-per-views here in this era. Um, let's talk about what we've got next. As a reminder, we just covered the Royal rumble and AJ styles made his debut and it was quite the debut. The crowd was ready for him. And they even just did a special on this on the network recently. 
So what's our follow-up effort is getting a singles match here with Chris Jericho and he wins in 16 minutes and 22 seconds. Meltzer would say crowd was really into this one as well with a loud dueling chance. JBL tried to put this over as a huge star from Japan coming to WWE saying it was like, if somebody like Kobashi, Kawada or Hanson or Anoki came in during their primes, well, Hanson and Anoki actually did at times they were slightly off, but the actual match layout and intensity were tremendous and the crowd was super into it. One highlight was styles doing a plancha to the floor and Jericho catching him with a drop kick. Uh, they're pulling out all the stops here. Arn, uh, it's a, a very stiff match. They got four stars in the observer. Uh, this is his type of match. You're more of an old school guy, but you certainly have an appreciation for the new school stuff. Hell of a debut here in singles competition on pay-per-view for AJ styles. What'd you think? Loved it. They, they were close enough in styles that they could cater to each other. Chris loves challenges. And I know at, at that time he was, he was really hitting on all cylinders. He really understood, you know, his positioning with the company and, and, uh, you know, the storytelling end of it. And Chris would look at that, not who's winning, who's losing, which a lot of guys make that mistake. Well, why is he, why is he beating me? Bullshit. To, he took that on as a challenge to go out and literally have the best match of the night. And, you know, there's that, us forgetting that there was that gap of time that uh, AJ Styles was on top in TNA that no one ever addressed, obviously, for those reasons, you know, that we know. But, that, you know, making him a bigger star, because he was. He was the top guy in all those years of TNA, top guy in Japan. You know, right now he's top guy in, in WWE. But why you couldn't just say that, which they were no threat to, you know, at that TNA being what I'm, what I'm speaking about, there were no threat, you know. So, hey, go ahead and say, hey, this guy dominated. It just makes his pedigree bigger. And I don't see anything wrong with that. Um, just saying he's a big star from Japan. I mean, the audience knows prior to that where he was and right. what he had done. And sometimes it's better just to quit. You know, it's it's louder in the room to avoid a conversation than just having the conversation. And I think that was a good chance that you had that you could have just made him even bigger. Are you a full-fledged member at adfreeshows.com yet? If not, you should be, and here's why. WWE referee legend Mike Chioda joined us recently for an interactive event and went deep into some behind-the-scenes info that you can only get as a card-carrying member of adfreeshows.com. Just listen to one of the top guys talk with the man himself let's move over to rj the ringside ranner himself rj you're on with mike kyota do you see brock uh, coming back he could yeah i mean let's let's put it this way um i heard him and trip i, I think triple h and him you know got into an argument i heard brock had a problem so that's why he left join today to hear what the problem was mike is not holding back and continue to deliver never-before-heard stories and insight on his Monday morning mailbag show as well. 
To join the family now, go to adfreeshows.com and gain immediate access to everything, including this event and so much more. Of course, all ad-free. Do it now. Become part of the fastest growing wrestling community at adfreeshows.com. Let's talk a little bit about the Styles Clash because that's been his finishing maneuver going back to the very beginning of his TNA run. And he used it obviously in Ring of Honor and in Japan. And he uses it here and Jericho kicks out. Meltzer would say, I was really surprised they did that this early in Styles' run. Styles then used the calf crusher for their submission. Jericho did a super sell job on that move, struggling and refusing to tap until finally tapping. Jericho got up and stared down styles and teased attacking him. They both had their fists ready to throw, but Jericho offered his hand and styles shook it. So it's a nice little post-match thing as well. But I wanted to ask about styles clash. This was discussed a lot. Once upon a time that the move was banned and WWE did not want him to do it. And I think he even did Jericho even did an interview where he said, when AJ first came into WWE, Vince did not know him from a hole in the ground. And obviously I knew AJ styles. I'd never touched him. I'd never been in the ring with him ever, but obviously knew his reputation and knew what he could do. And we really started gelling. The first match was okay. The second match is okay, but we started really coming together. The tag team match we had where I turned against him in the new day was five stars. The WrestleMania match we had was great. And the one we had the next night, the four way with me versus Owens versus AJ versus Cesaro was a tremendous match. And that's the one when I basically got the styles clash unbanned because it was banned. And I was like, I knew that Vince had heard that somebody got hurt by the move, but I also knew that he probably didn't even know what the move was. He just knew the name, the styles clash. So I pitched it to him as a cool move that AJ does where he drops you on your face. And we did it at WrestleMania. We did it a couple times. The first time I kicked out of it, just so Vince could see it. And people were so mad at me. I'm helping get this move acclimated and unbanned. And the next month he's using it on the floor against Roman reigns. So I'm interested in hearing your take on the styles clash. And as an agent, if you had heard the move was banned. Well, I heard that one guy got hurt with it, but I think it was that guy's fault when it was reviewed exactly what happened. There's been a couple moments over the years that went poorly. One was in Nashville with ring of honor, Roderick strong, who you may know from NXT. I think a lot of wrestlers instinctively are taught to tuck your head and he went to tuck his head, but it's, you're going to fall flat. So if your head is down, that's actually the opposite of what you would do on a styles clash. And I actually happened to be in the building the day that Roderick was hurt. And it was a scary scene, but technically, if you know how to take the move and I'm not certainly not piling on Roderick strong, what the fuck do I know? I'm not a wrestler, but I just think instinctively, a lot of guys probably tuck their head because they're used to that on power bombs or whatever. Well, it works the opposite way here. And he was hurt. So I understand where the, the discussion comes from of, Hey, this is a dangerous move, but when executed properly, I don't think AJ's ever hurt anybody with it. So. I'm interested your take didn't mean to cut you off there. I just wanted to add some context to Roger strong. Well, I'd, I'd have to see it to look at what might've went wrong. Right. And I can only compare it to things that happen today. I know a lot of guys try to make guys finish look 
even bigger than what it is when it doesn't need it. It doesn't deserve it. I'll give you an example. Matt Hardy on his finish on the twist of fate is basically just like you twist into it. The guy lays out, hits on his stomach, easy peasy. It's not a dangerous move per se, but I see guys that try to elevate themselves and make it more of a downward motion other than a flat on their stomach motion, which is intended to do. It's like similar to a diamond cutter, you know, similar to an RKO. It's a belly bump. And the audience understands that. When guys try to make it bigger, you know, there's a risk of getting hurt. That, that That's one example. I would have to see what happened on the Roderick Strong thing to know, well, was he pushing too hard to make it a bigger bump? Did right. he not actually know how to do it? Was it a mistake on uh, AJ? I don't know because it's not in front of me. Sure. I can't see it. I'm not a fan of anybody getting hurt of course. because of recklessness. I hate recklessness in this business because uh, nine times out of ten it could have been avoided. Right. Uh, but I bet you AJ Styles hit that move thousand times successfully. Oh, sure. So where to place the blame where, I don't know. Um, I'm not a fan of kicking out on guys' finishers either, and I think the Styles clash, you know, was not established uh, already as a finish, which is the reason Jericho could do it and not do any damage, and he knew that. I mean, the guy just got here. We don't know what his finish is. That big forearm off the top, obviously, is his finish. You know, springboard forearm, and it looks the part, and it is a finish. So I'm not, you know, no issues with that. And if Chris was trying to show Jericho or show Vince the move, totally believe that. Uh, I don't think you hurt AJ by kicking out of it because it wasn't established yet. Not with WWE, maybe other places. But you had heard as an agent that a guy got hurt with it, and that's the reason we're not doing it. Were you surprised to see them actually use it in the match like this? Um, if I would have been, and I don't even know if I was privy to that conversation uh, or that set of guidelines, but I would have been shocked. Um, I would have been very shocked if it's a band move and, you know, to just for it to just suddenly happen would have shocked me because I know the heat that would have gotten, that would have been viewed as just straight defying Vince's edict. And that never works. Yeah. I can't imagine something else that didn't work. It's an edge and Christian segment with the new day. They're going to plug their new show on the WWE network. And they're basically going to run down the whole roster. Uh, new day join in on some of the fun too. They're going to make fun of the Ascension, the Usos, the Dudleys, and the League of Booty, uh, of course, Xavier Woods says the League of Nations were hot garbage, and of course they come out. So we've got three different factions here, I guess, if you count Edge and Christian as one. And Edge is even running down Del Rio saying, hey, I've been retired for five years, and I've still done more than you have. Um, it's an interesting segment, I guess, maybe teasing an Edge return, even though we didn't think at the time that was possible. Meltzer would be pretty critical of the segment saying there were some cool and funny lines here, but the segment went too long. I I know that there is a need for, I guess what 
uh, Bruce and Pat and Vince call a, a let me up match. Maybe instead of programming a match to do that, instead they do this comedy segment. I know they want to plug something on the network, but Meltzer thought it went a little long. What do you think about the segment and the placement of it here on the show? Too busy trying to accomplish too many things. Yeah. Too many people standing around while while one guy's talking or two guys are talking, kind of just standing around twiddling their thumbs with nothing to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can, you can expose, and I think you have to expose, you know, all your talent on TV and they got to get on the big shows occasionally, but just to log jam a bunch of guys out there, everybody in the audience could feel that that's exactly what was happening. They were getting faces on television, getting exposure, and it was just too busy right. for me. I agree. Uh, you know, it probably would have worked better on raw rather than here next up. It feels like a filler match. It's only two minutes and 17 seconds. And Meltzer says, even though it was short, it still managed to be the worst on the card. Curtis hmm. Axel pins our truth in two seventeen. All the social outcasts are at ringside. Goldust comes out, trips Axel, throws Heath Slater into the barricade, and then throws Adam Rose into the ring. That distracts our truth, and Axel pins him with a schoolboy holding the trunks. And our truth is mad that Goldust has cost him the match. He gave it a dud rating. We haven't talked about Curtis Axel very much here on the show. Uh, the son of Mr. Perfect. A lot of people assumed he was going to be one of the chosen ones, especially when they did the stop and start with Paul Heyman as his manager, he has an intercontinental title run and people think he's going to do some big stuff. It doesn't quite happen. They tried again to do something with uh, social outcasts and they even had him and, um, you know, the whole mega powers thing that he did with Damian Sandow, I think got great reactions, but he never really got a lot of momentum going again. Why do you think that is? I mean, this is a guy who, even when the rock was wanting to come back, he wanted to work with Curtis Axel to work off some ring rust. So clearly his peers know, love and respect him, but it doesn't feel like management saw much for him. What say you? Well, that kid can work. Yeah. Under any circumstances, he can work. Now, what sounds bigger to you, Joe Henning? Or Curtis Axel. I totally agree. I, I never understood that. Why not let a guy, and in, that, that's the problem. In, in second generation wrestlers, when you have a dad or a granddad, for that matter, in your third generation, and they have all achieved great things in this business, why not build on that? Day one, walking out the, out the gate, this is Joe Henning, son of Mr. Perfect. And that's who he is, day one. You don't try to tell him he's somebody else with a different name. And that whole flimsy excuse of, of well, he's never going to be as good as his dad, so it's going to hurt him. Bullshit. If you know your dad, you know, it's it's like if my dad was John Wayne, man, and I'm walking in a, a cowboy movie, I'm immediately going to get some interest versus if I'm – plus one of the other Cowboys that got shot off the roof last week. Right. Yeah. Let's say my dad is John Wayne. Yeah. I'm in a Cowboy movie. Let's just see how I do. You're going to have a lot more of a jump start. You're going to have 
more answers going to have more anything. And I think that was one of the mistakes because the guy had talent and uh, he just did. But when you start him as someone else and you're always digging a hole and you, you let Heyman manage him for what was, had to be a very short time. Right. Yeah. Just a hiccup. It's almost like it's the audience and the audience mind. Well, Heyman gave up on the guy. The guy must not have all the things that looks like he has, but the guy was very talented and, you have to bring them in. When you have new talent, you have to bring them in and introduce them like stars. If the company doesn't look at them like they're a star, the audience is not going to look at them like they're a star. And I think that's the biggest mistake that was made for Joe. Let's talk a little bit about the other social outcasts. Specifically, I want to talk about Bo Dallas. We know you're tight with Heath Slater, and we're glad to hear that he's an impact, and hopefully he's all healed up and, and back in action real, real soon. Adam Rose is going another way. He looks like a totally different individual, but Bo Dallas, given his relationship with, you know, the office through his, through his dad being an agent and his brother being one of the tippy top guys. And he was originally the guy in the family who got the big push down in NXT. I was sort of shocked to see that they didn't do more with Bo. Did Bo get a fair shake? It's, it's hard for me to really understand what happened with Bo. I think that that gimmick that they put on him and coming down and running around the ring with a sign and all that stuff, it was, that was just clutter around a guy that, you know, everybody was saying when he was, he was down, what was he, five years? Was he down it through the system before he came to the. Yeah. He was the, the champ down there. And I mean, he had quite a run in NXT. And very successful and was used really well. And the, and the main thing was, I mean, he's a good-looking kid, you know, good worker, good businessman, the whole thing. You know, he, he had all the uh, attributes of a good young talent that was going to come in, come on and do well. But when you start sticking gimmicks on guys just to be doing it, you know, to give creative something to do, you know, it, I think it, it was just – he just had some corny, corny gimmicks. And, you know, other than it being stressed, you know, there was plenty of ways to bring him into the fold and make him more important. Let's just say, and at that time I pitched a deal where you brought him in with the Wyatts and you told him who he was. He was Bray Wyatt's brother and he was Mike Rotundo's uh, son, you know, and, and, do a deal where let's just say that, that Mike came down during one of the Wyatt's matches and in his capacity as a producer was trying to break up a fight. And let's just say, uh, you know, big red and, and, and uh, Brody Lee, let's just say they dropped Mike. And for the first time you had Bray Wyatt, you know, who other than join in what was going on with the other two Wyatts, he, you know, he, he pulled them off and said, not him, not him. And now you find out that he's the uh, son of, of Mike Rotundo. Because I don't think it was 100% everybody knew that. Now you have the Wyatts back off and you have Bo introduced as like the babyface other brother who he really is. And you put him in with that group and you got all these monsters with these foot long beards. And there you've got this baby face 
who is Bray Wyatt's legitimate brother, you know, and he's standing over here. It just would open up some different avenues to give the kid a chance to get started and in the mix with top talent to where you could have went anywhere with that. You know, just as an example, I know that's long-winded and it was just something that was pitched, but it would have gave him a better launching pad than having him run around the ring with a, you know, Bo Leave sign, I think is what was wrote on the sign. Is that not correct? Yeah, that's right. Bo Leave. And by the way, we're talking about a guy who graduated high school in 08, uh, probably May or June, and in November of the same year, signed with WWE. So as we're talking now, he's 13 years with the company, uh, but so was Curtis Axel. But here's the difference. Bo is only 30 years old, which is really remarkable when you think about it, how long he's been there and he's only 30. He's probably 10 years away from his quote unquote wrestler prime. So he's got plenty of time left uh, to do some really cool stuff. And just based on what we saw him doing in NXT and my gosh, the, the family, the, the gene pool, I'm pulling for Bo. I'm hoping that we see some big stuff. I'm with you on that. Let's get to our main event. Roman Reigns is going to win a three-way. Of course he is, uh, to get the WWE title shot at WrestleMania. He defeats Dean Ambrose and Brock Lesnar, 16 minutes and 48 seconds. Meltzer loved it. He called it a super great match with great heat. Of course, the fans are booing Roman Reigns a lot here. Lesnar's throwing everyone around with German suplexes. Lesnar continues to destroy both guys early. He's even throwing Roman into the barricades. Uh, they pull out all the stops here. F fives, power bombs, uh, going through announcers tables. And ultimately it's four and a half stars. Uh, the finish would see Reigns spear Lesnar, but as Reigns goes for the pin, Lesnar catches him in a Kimura. Reigns stands up while being held in the move, but never broke it. Uh, Ambrose came back in and hit Lesnar with five hard chair shots to the back. Ambrose then nailed Reigns with three chair shots to the back. And he goes back to hit Lesnar with a chair until he rolls out of the ring. Reigns then spears Ambrose for the pin. And after the match, Triple H came out and he and Reigns had a stare down with the WrestleMania sign in the background. So now we know who our WrestleMania main event is. It's Roman Reigns, challenge, Roman Reigns challenging the WWE champion Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Triple H in the main event. What did you think of this match, man? They pulled out all the stops, crazy bumps and stuff. I didn't think we would see Lesnar do, but he did, uh, but he didn't take the pin. Uh, Roman's old pal, Dean Ambrose did. What'd you think? Well, I think it was, uh, a little bit predictable that you beat Dean. Yeah. I think in the process of that though, if you look at the character that Dean Ambrose is right now, that guy manifested himself during that match. He was a guy that was getting creamed. He was getting his head cut off with a skill saw, putting his head back on and getting back in the fight. Yeah. You know, he's a tough, rugged, won't stay down. You're not going to get him to quit character. And that's who he is now. And that's where his success is now. He's unpredictable. You don't know what he's going to do next. He don't know what he's going to do next. So there was a lot of character building there. Lesnar was Lesnar. He is that guy that, that you buy a ticket to see. He's a killing machine. And, uh, you know, the sad part is Roman was just stuck in that, in that quagmire of 
of being shoved too hard and pushed too hard. All the mistakes that he was viewed as making, which were not his fault, from rotten promos to suffering succotash. Oh, yeah. Come on, on, that one, Stan, will live in infamy. A lot of mistakes made pushing, you know, Roman too hard. But, you know, at the end of the day, I thought the audience got a hell of a three-way main event. Exciting, violent, great storytelling as far as it was three guys, which is hard to do now. Think about it. If you've got three guys in a match, normally it's two guys pounding on one. Right. This one felt like all three guys were fighting all three guys. And that's the way you want a triple threat to go. So uh, at the end of the at the end of the night, you had Hunter come down. I think, you know, it, it's like Hunter was already Hunter. He's already established in the yep. industry for eternity. Uh, I don't know if you had to have that at the end of it. Maybe you could have just, you know, left it on the finish. Who knows? But it was uh, point being Hunter was a baby face standing in that ring because he's iconic at this point. Yes. Let's talk about the, the card itself. You know, it's weird to me that we talked about at the start of this show that it only got 50% thumbs up when it came to the best match poll reigns, Lesnar and Ambrose in the main event got the most votes. The second most votes was AJ and Jericho. The third most was Owens and Ziggler, all excellent matches. The worst match, uh, pretty overwhelmingly was Curtis Axel and our truth, even though it's just two minutes. And I'm, I'm really shocked that it got mixed reviews. Meltzer says. The show got mixed reviews. I thought most of the, most of the matches were good, but the period from after the ending of Jericho and styles until the main event, there was a long segment, including the new day edge and Christian and the league of nations and the dreadful R truth Curtis Axel match. And it took the show down. It's completely baffling. The idea of the cool down before the main event that takes people out of the show. It needed to be so long and even needed to be there at all. Almost no other promotion whether it's an MMA or wrestling tanks, the period leading to the main event on this show, they moved a very good Kalisto Del Rio match. That was two out of three falls to the pre-show. And then they put truth and Axel on right before the main event. The main event was fantastic. And most matches were good. I would have expected more things to build to WrestleMania, but they saved that until raw. And I think he's probably got a point just based on the way the, the show is structured. The pre-show match, as we mentioned with Kalisto and Alberto Del Rio got three and a quarter stars. Becky and Sasha's match got two and a half. Owens and Ziggler had a home run effort at three and a quarter. Uh, all the, the six mans, uh, with, uh, all the beef we talked about was a three-star match. Charlotte and Bree got two and three quarters. The crowd was super hot for it. AJ and Jericho had a four-star match. Curtis Axel and R-Truth were sort of there, got a dud rating. But the main event, man, four and a half stars. There's a lot of really good wrestling on this, but fans still seem to think it was a mixed bag. Only half thought it was a thumbs up show. What do you make of that? Is it just the positioning? Well, there's a way to put a placeholder match right before the main event. Uh, I don't think you, you know, you had all that talking with all the, all those guys out there followed by a two minute match. With no story, really. Right? Yep. So then you've got to tack 
whatever time that was, if you look at it in that vein, that, that it was, you know, there was no story with our truth and, 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 uh, gold us and all that stuff. You know, it was just, it, that's exactly what it was just to get them on TV. So if you add that time into the, all the talking that was done on the promo segment, that's a large chunk of time for nothing really that was built in the show. What if you would have put in, what if you would have put Charlotte and Bree in that spot? Right. Now you have a totally different match than the main event. It's still good quality storytelling. It's something I'm invested in. You get a clean finish. Everybody's happy. Now you can take a pause. Okay, now we're ready for our main event. That would be an easy fix, I think. Well, I hope that our easy fix is next week. We're throwing you guys the keys to the show. It's going to be hashtag ask Arn anything. Of course, we're going to continue our March to WrestleMania and we'll continue to examine the rest of 2016. Probably going to take a look at a lot of 2011 stuff this year as well. But in between time, we're going to have lots of bonus content over at adfreeshows.com. As a reminder, you can get all of these shows early and ad free, including the video over at adfreeshows.com in case you want to see Arn and I don't know why you would, but it's there. Uh, and as we said, every other week, it's hashtag ask Arn anything. If you have a question for Arn, go ask it right now on Twitter. It's at the Arn show. And, uh, you can ask Arn pretty much anything you'd like. We've had discussions about cheeseburgers and the best way to drink a beer and your favorite Bob Armstrong memory and everything in between It's no holds barred here. Every other week it's hashtag ask Arn anything. And uh, you can ask your question right now at the Arn Show on Twitter. Until next week, I am Hey Hey, it's Conrad. He is at the Arn Show, and we are out of time. We'll see you right here for hashtag Ask Arn Anything on Arn. Double A's on the scene now, baby. I told people I would break arms, break legs, do whatever I had to for people that stuck their nose in my business. Toot, toot, big time, if you know what I'm saying. All right, now for something a little different. You're all familiar by now with the most hated jeweler in America. Uh, but that's a bit of a rib as we say in the wrestling business, because Steven Singer is with us and boy, Steven, we need some good news. And you have some great news about what you guys are doing over at. I hate Steven singer.com. We do. First of all, thanks for having me. It's great to see you. It's even if we have to do it via Skype, I wish I was there with you in person and I can't wait till this stupid virus is done and we don't have to be in spacesuits and I could hang out with you in person <laughs> and uh, we could have some fun. I have to tell you, before we start, you've made me into a hero because my nephew and all his friends, when I told them what I'm doing today and who I'm talking to, they are unbelievable giant wrestling fans. Oh, cool. said, You're kidding me. You're going to talk to him. And this, uh, 
I said, yeah, so I became, you know, before I was a loser. Now I'm like a popular guy with these guys. I'm, I'm way up there now, you know what I mean, with that. And I showed him some of the pictures and the memorabilia and different things. And man, oh, man, I became a hero overnight. It was just like I'm climbing in a ring with you. So I thank you for that. No, that man, thank you. And listen, I, I want to thank you because I get tagged in tweets every day with listeners who took advantage of your new rose this year, which is a, a bit of a Valentine's Day tradition. And, uh, you've got some really cool stuff coming up for mother's day, but really what you're doing to give back right now, when we're all in, I don't know, uh, uncharted territory with this virus, it's pretty phenomenal. And, and I'm glad we get to talk about that today. Tell everybody what you're doing. Well, thank you so much for that. Well, this actually happened as an accident, um, last March when they first shut down the country because of this, this virus and the coronavirus, and nobody really knew what was going on. We decided that we were going to take all of our sales from March through May to Mother's Day, and we were going to take a portion of it and go to local restaurants and local hospitals in our backyard, which in this case is Philly, New York, New Jersey, Harrisburg, you know, Washington, Baltimore, like in our kind of regional area, and um, try to reward these frontline heroes, you know, the doctors, the nurses, the technicians. Uh, I mean, people, people that wheel you in the chair, everybody that works in the hospital that's going into this and they, they're going wearing all masks up and they're wearing all kinds of stuff you know, to, to do it. And they're like firemen or police running into it. You know yeah. what I mean? And everybody else is trying to stay home and stay away from everybody. So we, we go to these local restaurants. Um, somebody orders a gift from us. We take a portion of that. You don't have to do a thing. It's automatic. Every single thing that anybody buys, whether it's a $50,000 got diamond engagement ring a $59 rose, a hundred dollar net, doesn't matter what it is. We take a portion of it. We go to a local restaurant, like a small independent restaurant. We have them cater it and we feed the whole hospital, all the doctors, all the nurses, everybody that's in that hospital. And they do it safely. You know, they're individual stuff. Like at Thanksgiving, we did it. We did it Christmas. We did it New Year's. We're going to do it Valentine's day. Um, and then we do it every week in addition to, but especially the holidays Right. So for Valentine's day. We have heart-shaped pizzas that we had made, That's and we're getting, all the hospitals are getting heart-shaped pizzas. They're getting heart-shaped cakes, all kinds of heart-shaped stuff uh, to go with it. You know, all individual, so all safe. You know, what I mean that type of thing. So every it's a four-way win. Somebody orders a gift for their loved one, their right. sweetheart, their girlfriend, their mother, their daughter, whoever it is, uh, on IHateStevenSinger.com, whatever it is. They get the gift. Um, they get the pleasure of getting the gift and giving this money to charity. Then the person gets a great gift, and then they get an email that says part of this went to feed this hospital, and it shows you all the pictures. They could click on the pictures of all the different hospitals all over the country and all the different restaurants. And anybody that wants to, like if you have somebody in your circle of friends or family that works in a hospital, or you, God forbid, I hope you don't, but have somebody that's in the hospital, we'll, we'll steer it towards them because we want to do it where we have relationships. Right. So we've done it in Texas, in Colorado, in California. Uh, in Utah, we, we've done it in Louisiana, I mean, all over the country, just e everywhere, everywhere you can. Indianapolis, we just did one. Uh, we just did one in California. And um, so we'll go to a local restaurant. We get whatever their specialty is. Right. We get catered. You know what I mean? And then we send it over to the hospital and feed the hospital. And give. And they. I just get hundreds of texts and thank yous and emails and cards and calls and the people, they, you know, they need an attaboy. They need to say thank you. And they need that hug. You know what I mean? Yep. And when they're short of the PPP, uh, the PPE equipment and they're short, uh, and it's difficult to do all these things. And they, you know, you and I 
you know, you're in the fun business, you're yeah. in the entertainment business and fun and you give people joy. I'm in the love business. You know what I mean? They get, nobody comes to me and gets a ring cause you know, grandma died. Right. Everybody comes to me cause it's, it's, they're getting engaged. It's Valentine's day. It's Christmas. I'm only dealing with fun stuff. Right. These hospitals, you know I mean? Many patients do very well and they, they give their heart and soul, but sometimes they don't do well. Right. And it takes an emotional toll on them. So it's been so rewarding. We had only planned on doing it for that couple months. We're doing it now all year and we're going to do it until this virus is over. So wow. if it's all of 2021, I hope it's over in a month, but if it takes all the rest of this year, if it takes part of the following year, every week we're going to go around and do uh, hospitals all over the country. We want to try to get to every state and where the need is the most. So you can get a great, as you mentioned, we have the new rose this year for, for Valentine's day. It's called twinkle, twinkle. That's it's right. a deep, deep blue. It's the color of like the night sky. This is the way I describe it. When the stars start to come out and this is a deep navy blue and it has uh, little sparkles in it. that looks like the night sky sparkling. It's very, very popular. A matter of fact, um, I, I hope not. But by the time your uh, your fans, everybody hear this, we may be sold out because they're selling unbelievably. And uh, as you know, we have a whole collection. We have about 60 different colors. And every year we come out with a new uh, premium color for Valentine's Day for the collectors. But um, we also have these in 24 karat yellow gold. We have them in platinum, wow. which is the metal. And we have them in rose gold, which is pink color. So now people can collect them and we have a display that goes with it. So you can get a dozen display and every year just put another rose in there until you build this beautiful big bouquet. And they're all, if you want to see what they look like, you can go online to IHateStevenSinger.com or StevenSingerJewelers.com or our YouTube channel or Facebook, and you can see how to put it together, what that looks like. And as you know, the great thing is, because you and I are the same, guys are stupid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they don't know what to do. And they always do it late, and they always do it wrong. For $59, starting at 59 bucks, you got a gift that lasts forever. You know, It's not like real flowers are great. I'm not saying no, but a week later, 10 days later, they're in the trash, right? You know, this for the same money, you have it, it lasts forever. And, um, it's just been one of the, one of the great things. And we have a lot of great jewelry. We have a thing called the star of love, uh, which is an eight pointed star with a heart cut out of it. It's 128 bucks, real diamonds, precious metal deliveries, free gift packaging, free, the personal love note from you free. Everything's included. There's no gotchas. There's no add ons. There's no secret codes. There's no sales. We're very transparent. Everything is, we're like you. Every, you tell everybody the truth, whether they want to hear it or not. You tell <laughs> your opinion. You know sure. what I mean? Whether they want to hear it. And your guests come on, you expect them to be honest and transparent. Say, right. you know, what that, what's going on? And it's one of the reasons I think you're successful. I like to say that we are the jewelry version of Conrad. You know what I mean? <laughs> the, the, I don't work as hard as you. I don't have as many, many different, you know, I'm not working as many hours as you, but. Yeah, so that's what we got going on. And your, I mean, all your fans, man, are just killing it. I mean, we get so many great, um, so much feedback from all the wrestling fans all over the country. And it's just, it, you know, it just, I just hear, there's not a day that goes by that I don't hear your name in some positive aspect um, that something's going on. Well, man, that makes my day. I appreciate you saying that. One more time, though. How much is shipping? Free. And, and what's the special promo code they need to use? No promo code. It doesn't get any easier than that. And, and by the way, as a reminder, not only do you get a great gift that will last forever, it's free shipping. It's fast. There's no promo code. And maybe best of all, 
you're going to be helping local restaurants and local hospitals, the frontline workers who really need our help. Steven, this is an awesome campaign. Kudos to you and your crew for doing this. Well, I got to tell you what's funny is, and I mean this sincerely, I feel a little bit guilty and a little bit selfish because I think that myself and my crew, my staff, we get more out of it than anybody else because it's really, we're so lucky and so blessed that our business is 40 years old this year and we're doing so well because we have so many repeat customers and referrals from repeat customers over 40 years that not only did during the pandemic did we do good, we're actually doing better than a normal year, which is bizarre. Right. I guess people just really want to say, you know, I love you or I'm so lucky to have you in my life. You know what I mean? I'm so happy that you're alive and well and yeah. celebrate those things. And more people are getting engaged than ever because of this whole situation. So um, like my dry cleaner, when it just closed up, they went out of business. I've been using this dry cleaner for 20 years, wow. but nobody's getting dressed for work anymore. Right. You know, everybody doing this they're on skype or zoom or some remote type of dial in so i felt terrible and um we've been so fortunate that i wanted to give something back and this has been so rewarding and then we find that people because they're doing it and they're getting the, these great gifts that they want to do extra because they want to send more hospitals and more food there you go so it's just been an absolute you know i'm not that smart we just bumbled into this it was just an accident and we did it and it's been working out really 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 great and it's it's, you know, I felt like you and everybody else a little bit down in the dumps with everything that's going on, sure. you know, politically and, you know, with the nation being what it is and especially this virus. And this is making me kind of see the humanity of it and yes. feel a lot better about everything that we're doing. Um, and, you know, and, and your partnership and getting this out to all your fans is I can't even thank you enough. And I can't thank you enough. We really appreciate your support and to know that, you know, we've got sponsors like you who are, are stepping up and doing something nice for everybody. It's just, it's humbling, man. We really appreciate all your support and I hope everybody listening to this, will at least go check out. I hate Steven singer.com. Not only again, will you get a great gift for someone very special in your life, but you're going to be given the best gift of all. And that's uh, support for our frontline workers right now that we desperately need. So thanks for taking a few minutes today, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Thank you uh, to all your fans and everybody that, that follows you for embracing us and taking us in, in, in. And God bless everybody. Stay safe and you know, stay healthy. We're at the hopefully we're at the tail end of this. The next several months, we'll get it all squared away and things will get better and we can go see wrestling in person. Yes. You know what I mean? Have some fun. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it, man. Thank you for everything. Thanks. That's, Talk to you soon. That's I hate Steven singer.com. Hit it up right now. You'll be glad you did. Hey, before I let you go, I want to leave you with one last thing. If you're on the fence about going to save with you're not sure if we can actually save you some money. I thought what better to do than to let you hear from an actual customer. This is a video message from satisfied client and friend of the family. Now, Mr. John Largent. Hey, Derek, this is John Largent in San Antonio. I just wanted to thank you and Jennifer and the team at First Family for helping us with our mortgage. You guys were phenomenal. You were easy to reach out to and connect with and stay in constant contact with until the deal got done. I can't say enough good things about you guys. It's made a huge difference in our lives, and I am going to recommend you to everybody that I know. And I'm a podcaster. I do podcasting for a, for a, a living. And 
so if you guys ever need uh, any free advertisement, you're going to get it through the network of shows that we do here because you have been phenomenal, and I can't say enough. I wish you guys a, a happy new year. I feel like I know you, man, and uh, that's the way you guys made us feel as clients, so I really do appreciate it, and I wish you and uh, the team there at First Family all the best in 2021. Thanks a lot, man. Bye-bye. Hey man, and happy new year to you. I'm glad we were able to help your family, but now I want to help your family. That's right. I'm talking to you. If you're in a 30 year loan, if you've got credit card debt, it's not a matter of if we can save you money. It's a matter of how much find out right now for free. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket and we're licensed in more than 40 States. What are you waiting for? Hurry to save with Conrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention if you haven't already made this month's house payment, you can skip your next two house payments. That's right. Your single biggest bill. You're just going to keep all that cash. Let's get the new year started right. Let's make it happen at savewithconrad.com. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.